Welcome to the Potential for What podcast. On this podcast, we explore how a range of business leaders unlock the potential in people. We'll hear how they've done it, find out what has worked, what hasn't, and why this is so important in getting and keeping great people. Most businesses focus on the here and now. That is all about performance. But at Let's Talk Talent, we like to think differently as we fundamentally believe everyone has potential. The question is for what? So let's explore that together. I'm your host, Joe Taylor, Managing Director of Let's Talk Talent, a talent management and organizational development consultancy based in London, the UK. I have a request. If you value this show, if you enjoy these stories or find this wisdom or inspiration useful, please subscribe to the Potential for What podcast to listen to future episodes. So hi, everybody. I'm Joe Taylor. I'm MD of Let's Talk Talent. And welcome to the next episode of the Potential for What podcast. Today, I'm joined by Nick Hammond. He is a mindfulness teacher and speaker. Hi, Nick. How are you doing? I'm good, Joe. I'm very well. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. So I'm really intrigued to really understand more about mindfulness. So for our listeners, it'd be great to understand how mindfulness supports a person being able to unlock their potential. Sure. Well, lovely. And I think maybe it's worthwhile starting perhaps with a a definition of mindfulness. I mean, there are a number of, of definitions, but the one I quite like is this, and it's that mindfulness is awareness that arises through paying attention on purpose in the present moment, non-judgmentally. And another way of putting that perhaps is, it's about listening better. It allows us to listen better to ourselves, others and the world around us. And by listening better, uh, we're better able to learn really, as we go through life. So how does that impact someone's career? Because I totally get that from a leadership perspective. We're all told as leaders to speak less and listen more. How does that help someone shape their career, their, you know, unlock their potential, kind of be the best that they can possibly be? What essentially mindfulness allows us to do, mindfulness uh, behaviours, a kind of a mindfulness practices, it allows us to be more grounded and connected to the present moment. And the alternative to that is the way that we often are, actually, is being really rather distracted. And we often spend a lot of time worrying about what may be happening in the future or what could have been done uh, better in the past. And, you know, this kind of distraction is really energy sapping and it diverts focus away from what really matters, what is happening right now. And being able to have that attention and focus and that kind of energy on the present moment allows us to just be more effective more energetic and more effective in our day-to-day lives and moment-to-moment. So how does that help us get out of the way of ourselves? So I found that during my career and kind of thinking about what my potential may be, I've sort of had that sort of angel and devil on my shoulder. The angel's going, go for it. And the devil going, you're not worthy, that kind of imposter. How does mindfulness help soften that devil on the shoulder? Yeah, and, and that's really lovely, Joe. So another way of, of you know, phrasing that, alternative uh, way of phrasing that, is it's something called the negativity bias. And we have this thing that's built into our the way we are, the way our minds are programmed to, to approach life. This kind of programming was created really hundreds of thousands of years ago. And it was really important to have a ne- this negativity bias, this kind of being lo- on the lookout for things that you know may you know attack us or, or cause us real trouble. You know, 
hundreds of thousands of years ago when we were often you know having deadly threats surrounded by deadly threats essentially the problem is that we still have this negativity bias so we worry about stuff and it's not life threatening stuff anymore it may be about the fact that you know we didn't do a presentation as well as we would have liked or perhaps we you know didn't we didn't speak to someone in a way that we felt was appropriate but we have these thoughts and the thing about negativity bias and good and bad thoughts is we have a different relationship to good and to bad thoughts. We often talk about Velcro and Teflon. So with Velcro, our bad thoughts and Teflon tend to be good thoughts. Bad thoughts tend to stick to us and good thoughts tend to slide away. And it's much easier for us to dwell on bad thoughts and we really have to work hard on good thoughts. So what mindfulness allows us to do in summary is create a different relationship to thoughts to understand how good thoughts and bad thoughts affect us and how we can approach both of those in a different and more refreshing kind of way. So how might somebody get support if they're a leader and they're sort of in a way in that sort of negativity loop? They're thinking about where they might go or becoming a better leader. And how might somebody take advantage of some of the tools and techniques that you're talking about? The real basis for mindfulness is having is having a practice, a meditation practice, a practice where we sit down. I mean, it doesn't necessarily need to be static. It can involve movement, mindful movement. Um, and there are things like yoga, of course, or qigong and mindful movement practices or sitting meditation practices where we basically take some time out of our busy lives and spend some time with ourselves and focusing on what's around us. And what this process of meditation does it softens the brain and trains the mind to be more aware of what is happening to us, for us and with us in the present moment. And once we do that on a regular basis, we can then use those skills, that kind of, that kind of practice to develop a greater and wider awareness in our everyday lives, so develop what we like to call everyday mindfulness. And that's really the starting point for, for this, this, whole, uh, this whole way of living. So Nick, how much does factors like environment or situation um, experience play a part in somebody reaching their potential or even thinking that they might need some support like you've been describing in terms of mindfulness, meditation, etc.? I think it's a really great question, Joe. And there are kind of two aspects, I think, especially with businesses and mindfulness and how people can live you know, better and kind of more satisfying lives. And it kind of works on two levels. There's the individual and, of course, and then there's the kind of societal or, in this instance, I suppose, the organization. And whenever I'm talking to organizations, it's really important to discuss and share and, and work with individuals, you know, how they're doing, how they're feeling, how, how mindfulness can support them. But it's also really important to look at the, the wider context and you know, how businesses are, what the culture of the business is, the culture of the leadership, the business uh, direction, and, and how that is all set up. And it's important to understand that both of those work really closely hand in hand. And you can't really uh, effectively impact one without looking at the other. So how has mindfulness played a part in you realising your potential or you helping realise the potential in other people? I've really got involved in mindfulness about five years ago. It was following a significant bereavement. And I was really trying to look for you know, some answers, really, some wider answers in the world and in life. And I found, you know, essentially just starting to meditate with Headspace. And in the succeeding years, a different way of living and a different way to live. And it's really a kind of a different perspective. Almost, I like to think of it as a kind of an orthogonal shift 
in the way that we approach things it allows us to see life in a different kind of way, or even perhaps you know, step through kind of a window into a, an entirely different way of living. This kind of parallel world that exists alongside this kind of frantic and stressful world that we live in, that you know, if we have the right tools, we can kind of just slip sideways into this much more supportive and nourishing environment that can help us you know, live much more satisfying and integrated lives. It's really interesting that you say that because one of my New Year's resolutions, I bought a book by Claudia Hammonds called The Art of Rest because I heard her talk on Radio 4 Women's Hour. And it's one of the things that I've really struggled, I think, in reaching my potential is that I think that rest, I see it's a negative thing. I think I always associated rest with stopping. But what I really love about what you're saying is it's about how it integrates with your whole life. And how actually it's about nourishing the soul. And that's really important for us to remember, you know, whether we're a leader, whether we're kind of aspiring to be a manager, whatever part of our career we are, is actually about looking after ourselves, isn't it? Yes, a- absolutely. I mean, there's a great expression, isn't there? We talk about machines, you know, uh, there's a comparison between machines and humans. We talk about when we have a machine, you know, if we want a machine to, to start, we, we press start. But actually with humans, if we press stop, we press start. So to be really effective, as you say, you know, it's being able to have this rest, to have this kind of moment that we can kind of step out of the hurly-burly and really kind of take a kind of different perspective on the way we can approach life. And I think it's quite difficult, isn't it? If you've been somebody that has always been successful and whatever success means in this context, to then allow yourself or give yourself permission to be content because everything's moving at such a pace. You look at technology, um, you look at life, you know, we always say we're busy. But then if you take a step back, it's how that's nourishing the soul and how that's bringing what's bringing you joy. And that's what I think potential is about. It's getting back to the things that bring you joy, ultimately, that enable you, whatever that might be, to reach your purpose, whether that's a life or a professional purpose. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, it is through this connection and understanding what is happening you know, to us in the present moment, you know, how we're feeling, you know, some very basic physical sensations allow us to connect with what is happening with, within our minds, but also within our bodies. You know, we have this world that we live in. And I think, you know, a great deal of this goes back to the actually long way back in history to the Enlightenment and to René Descartes, who taught, famously said, you know, I think, therefore I am. And ever since that period, we have this view that everything happens from the neck up. And, you know, there's so much learning and wisdom that can be drawn from understanding what's happening in our bodies and with our bodies. And mindfulness allows us to access that. And I think it's other one other quick thing I'd like to say, just building on what you were saying there, Joe, and that is, you know, this thing about resting and stopping. I often use this quote by uh, the famous Austrian psychologist, Viktor Frankl, and he talks, talks about the pause, which I think is a real word I use a lot and very powerful in this space. And he said that between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. And, you know, that kind of rest, that pause is there's an immense amount of opportunity and empowerment in it if we choose to accept it. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. So for our listeners who may be thinking, that's all great. I I understand it. But what practically can I do? Are there any practical things, you know, quick wins that people can start to think about for themselves or maybe share with other leaders or colleagues that they want that they're supporting? 
I think in terms of personal practice or where I started, I think a really simple way is to download an app, perhaps like Calm or Headspace. And, you know, these these apps provide a kind of a beginner's course where, you know, you can do three minutes a day. And if you're thinking of getting into mindfulness and, and supporting that with a meditation practice, which makes sense, then you know, those are really good places. And actually, I think you can get a free trial. So that's pretty good. And I think there's a book as well that I would always recommend by John Kabat-Zinn, who is a kind of a leader in this area of kind of secular Occidental mindfulness. And he's written loads of books, actually. But one of them is called Coming to Our Senses, Healing Ourselves and the World Through Mindfulness. It's quite a big book, but it's got very short chapters. And but there are also, for the, from a more leadership perspective, um, you know, there are a number of websites that look into that area. So the mindfulleader.org is an interesting one. And yeah, there are a number of companies working in that space that provides advice that, could, that, that can be sourced. Yeah. Brilliant. So if listeners wanted to get hold of you and know more about what you do, how would they do that, Nick? Probably the best way is, is either on, uh, on the web or on Instagram. And the address for that is mindfulnessmatters.today. So mindfulnessmatters.today today. Brilliant. So my final question before I let you go is, what's the biggest learning that you've had in your career? Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of mindfulness, it really, I'd like to just circle back on that point about listening, uh, which was actually an expression that came from one of my teachers, mindfulness teachers, and the ability to use mindfulness as a grounding and connected technique to listen to others to ourselves and to the world around us and through that listening to us to learn better and to be better and you know and through that to be and most importantly to be happier I love that and that's a wonderful phrase to kind of end this podcast on thank you Nick it's been fascinating talking to you um, and I will definitely be looking up some of those apps to help me on my quest for understanding rest and what that means to me thank you so much been a pleasure Joe. thank you Thanks for listening to the Potential for What podcast. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to our new episode all the way to the end. And for that, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. As always, you can head over to letstalktalent.co.uk forward slash podcasts to check out all the links and resources in the show notes and to sign up to our email list.